0: Welcome to this episode of Erasing Shame. I'm your co-host, DJ Chuang. And today, in this coming month, we'll be joined with my uh, old friend, new friend, um, Jen Xuan Chen. She's based in Seattle. I'm still here in Orange County, California. And we got reconnected about a month ago over breakfast. We have so much to talk about. And uh, we're stepping in by faith to have a month-long conversation about spiritual direction. Jen, so good connecting with you again.
1: Thanks for having me, DJ.
0: Yeah, we have got first connected 25 plus years ago when That's you were right. in seminary with my fiance, who is now my wife, at Talbot Seminary, and you've worked in the international Christian leadership development space
2: mm-hmm.
0: for a number of years. Um, you're a coach, you're a spiritual director, And what I want to share with our listening audience here on the Erasing Shame podcast is how there's many dimensions and modalities on taking care of our mental health. And I happened to be at a church this weekend where they were talking about spiritual formation.
2: Mm. And
0: they made a small comment that really jumped out at me that our physical and our spiritual are intricately connected. And we Absolutely. often don't hear that in the churches that uh, some of us grow up with or are exposed to. Mm-hmm. And So I think this will be a really valuable conversation as we have this extended series of conversation in the next four or five episodes of Erasing Shame, about that connection and that interplay of our overall health, mental and emotional, as well as spiritual. So thank you, Jen, for taking this uh, step of faith and journeying with me on this.
1: Yes, so happy to be here.
0: And so I thought that we could uh, kind of play with the title, uh, having a dynamic spiritual life instead of a dull one. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> For whatever reason, uh, spiritual life seemed um, uh, not as engaging as it potentially could be. And it I think it should be when we talk about the spirit and the Greek word is dynamis, and it should Mm -hmm. be dynamic. And yet it has uh, been packaged in such a way in uh, some of our churches where it's um, a classroom, a book to be studied, and Bible verses to be memorized. I think there's uh, so many other ways to look at it. But Mm -hmm. let's start with um, what you've done in um, your own spiritual development and Uh, specifically your role as a spiritual director. So how did you get to that point of being a spiritual director? Let's just start with what it is.
1: Well, yeah, thanks for the opportunity, Jay. I like to just describe myself as kind of like a spiritual midwife. Um, I'm coming, just I like to, the word director can kind of throw anybody off as if someone can direct us in our spiritual lives. So maybe another word is spiritual companion, Um, a sacred companion has been used before. So it's just a simple gift of offering a gentle space, Um, but it's a space of encouragement to open fully to God's loving presence. It's a space to discern together God's voice and activity in every area of our lives, our physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. Yes, we are holistic beings. Um, the focus of a spiritual time in spiritual direction is really um, to spend time with someone who has particular training and even maybe a giftedness to walk with you in your life with God. It can be a time of silence, sacred space of listening. To be heard is such a powerful thing. I think all of us need to be heard, but it's to be heard in a different way. We're not trying to solve your problems. Let's say something that therapy might provide, um, a space of processing, um, family story and history but spiritual direction you just bring whatever you have so if it's like an empty plate you bring your empty plate if you've got a bag full of questions you bring your questions and we together just come into space with God trusting that the spirit will move and show up and he always does so it can be done just individually just with one-on-one or it can be done in a group, which I also love um, and can talk about this later. But I think um, the Asian collective me loves group direction because I, I love hearing how God is moving in other people's lives. And that encourages me to lean in and listen as well. So that's kind of just a definition, a <laughs> long-winded uh, definition of spiritual direction. I think, maybe to answer the question of how did I get here? Um, years ago, I think I started reading Richard Foster's books when I was in seminary at at Talbot. and there's something so intriguing about the words he used, but I had absolutely no idea what he was talking about, like silence and solitude and being quiet. like that was just definitely not part of my regular rhythms with God. And um I think, oh. We lived overseas for about 24 years in Asia, serving in some pretty difficult places. And I think in my most lonely spaces, I think it was um, the presence of a a sacred companion, a a friend, and my own spiritual director that helped me lean in and um, process my relationship with the Lord. in the various seasons that I've, that I've encountered. So it's been a journey.
0: That sounds like it. And it's wonderful to have a companion. I'm not sure the term midwife uh, registers as well for men.
1: (laughs) Hey, well, you know,
0: (laughs) I'm sure it resonates very well for women, especially moms that have had that experience and going through (laughs) the challenges of birthing. And very much um, being a spiritual companion is uh, coming alongside and cultivating more birth and more Mm -hmm. growth in the spiritual journey. Yes. And uh, if we look at spiritual growth not as knowing more Bible, but actually being shaped and formed and growing to be more like Christ, that's a whole lifelong journey. Absolutely. um, That's uh, not often the way we. Uh, our churches have given us that example so i think having new language helps us to open up our imagination and hopefully our heart yes uh, perhaps and i'm not sure what the um technical language people use maybe a spiritual coach or spiritual mentor spiritual formation person <laughs> all of that is maybe part of that dynamic yes so is there yeah. is there a a particular difference between spiritual direction and spiritual formation?
1: You know, spiritual formation might be the larger umbrella, which the focus Mm. within, like if churches say, we have a spiritual formation wing or seminaries say, we focus on spiritual formation. It seems to be the word these days. Um, But I think if we just distilled it, it really is a focus on deepening one's relationship with God spiritual direction happens within the formation process and it requires another person. So I might be in the process that God is ever being formed. Christ is ever being formed in us. Um, And we are being formed into his image as um, growing as image bearers. I think our souls are being formed. So the forming is happening. Spiritual direction happens within that. And it's something that is a, probably maybe more of an old and ancient practice that I think is coming back in, might've stayed within the Catholic or maybe um, the Catholic settings. Um, You can always find a spiritual director at a a Catholic retreat center. Um, But I think within maybe within the church settings that I grew up in and maybe you as well, DJ, I think people are realizing we need Maybe we need someone else to come in and provide space for people to process um, their relationship with God. And um, so it's spiritual direction is a relation between a person seeking to hear God, seeking to discover, to discern God's movement, the spirit's movement with another who serves as like a listening companion. Um, to the journey of growing deeper in relationship with God, so the soul companion is trained. You want someone that where there is a there is a training that you have to go through. I think whether it's informal or formal, but I think there is there are some things that can be learned um, to become a
2: spiritual director. Yes, and I've. Um
0: heard of there's institutes and then there's degrees in spiritual formation and then you've also mentioned some of the less formal ones that might be certificate or just mm-hmm. a class someone takes. Yeah. And I suppose the more training you have, the better you uh, become um, as a spiritual director along with the practice of actually doing it because yeah. classroom work is just classroom, but Absolutely. actually working with people makes yes. a big difference. Now, as Asian-Americans, I really appreciate how you mentioned that this could also be done in a community setting. Yes. Uh, Probably in a smaller group, 8 to 10. I mean, not much bigger than that. Yeah. But what would that look like? Because what what I have read about spiritual direction and spiritual formation tends to be one-on-one. And Mm
1: -hmm. a lot
0: of that, that perhaps comes out of the American context that's very individualistic. Yes.
1: Yes. You know, I was um, in my training and I was reading books and a little bit frustrated that there wasn't more written by perhaps authors of color and um, that spoke of different contexts, like just even the Asian American or the Asian context. It was a little bit frustrating for me, but I was in a program with two other Asian American women and Together, we just began to like have this side conversation that just, we kept applying it to our context with uh, men and women that we are journeying with and what are the things that they bring, um, the ways in which we have to be much more, we have to be really grounded because it feels like we're hearing a lot of trauma and we're hearing a lot of pain, um, which Yes, we bring it in. It's, we want to know where God is in our pain. We want to know where God is in our stories. And I think the Western way of explaining and needing things to be clear, and here is our theology, and here's what we think, and it's a kind of a boxy faith, which I think perhaps when you're young, I came to know Jesus as a little girl, you know, it's very question answer, this is who God is, and you memorize scripture and you have an answer for everything. But I think eventually you realize maybe those answers are bigger and wider. And maybe mystery is a part of this as well. Maybe God is maybe he's maybe he's not hiding from us, but maybe he's more mysterious. And maybe we can't explain him in the in the the ways that we have grown up explaining him. So, I think that when I think about spiritual direction in a group, I think there is a uh, a way of learning um, from each other's lived experiences. I think it's a place perhaps to hold each other's story um, and each other's questions and not need to fix them, not to figure them out. You don't need to come away with a, here are my three ways I'm going to get better at my faith, but it's just a, a very sacred holding of someone's discernment process and maybe asking questions that might just be held, not necessarily answered. But um, I think that in the safety, if we're, I think perhaps in our, Faith, sometimes we're afraid to share that we're struggling. And I think depending on if we're in leadership or we have um, responsibilities and we don't want others to know, but I think it's possible to create safe, authentic spaces where we can talk about our relationship with God and the questions we have. And I think collectively we can encourage each other better. I think we could do a better job doing that our in our, oh, in our faith that would be verses. so
2: valuable, yeah
0: I, I just thinking out loud, I have a difficult time thinking how that could happen in a normal church context, but I do see that perhaps a retreat setting mm-hmm. where you have a day or two and it's a nicely facilitated kind of a um collective experience mhm um how that could happen, and the other image that comes to mind—it sounds a little bit like support group, where you have some ground rules and you create that safe place and hear one another's stories.
2: Mm-hmm. Except
0: in a support group, we tend to focus on, "Hey, here's our struggles. You're not alone. Here's some tools to help you."
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in
0: a spiritual direction and formation conversation, it's more about uh, people's relationship with God and mm-hmm. discerning together. Can, can you yeah. describe an experience perhaps that you've recently hosted? I, yeah. I know about experiences <laughs> you host there in Seattle. So yeah. let's
2: unpack
0: that a little bit to help people um, get a feel of what that looks like and feels like. Because I know these spiritual things can be really abstract. So
1: They can be. Absolutely. You know, DJ, I think we're we're so disconnected we're so disconnected from ourselves i know that might sound weird to some but i think we don't even know where we are we're so busy trying to do life life's hard everyone is carrying something heavy everyone has some kind of pain in their life and relationships i think um i'm always thinking of someone like <laughs> either things are good or things are bad, but I'm just always thinking about my life in terms of someone else. Like, So knowing where I am and knowing what's going on in my heart is, is not naturally where I'll go. I was recently at Urbana, um, I was speaking, did a, a seminar at Urbana um, at the end of December and met some other Asian American women in leadership, in different um organizations, and we connected over a morning coffee one day, and there was just this like, "Let's get together, let's do something together in Seattle." So uh, we have a place up here that we can host pretty easily and invited uh, seven women to come out. Just felt like the Holy Spirit just opened up the space. These are busy women with heavy travel schedules. But it was just like, this is so needed. I'm coming. (laughs) We're going to just have a retreat weekend together and just cultivate friendship. We didn't know each other. So that was also really interesting um, that there was just this uh, collective sense of, yes, we need to be together. So we just spent time in silence. We spent time with Jesus. We spent time then together in a small group. Um listening to where each other is, and I think that the freedom to just let someone be where they they are, um, that's a hard thing that's really hard to do. That's a practiced, cultivated skill to be able to say when someone is weeping over pain or questions about God and where is God, to just let that be and hold them. And to enter in with um, compassion and love. And I think it was such a powerful weekend. We had three days together. And um, it was, I think because we were all Asian American, it was there was this safety in the time together. Um, we didn't have to explain ourselves too much. There was a shared loneliness in our different ministry spaces. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, and I'm actually leading another retreat this weekend um, for a few therapists in the area, Asian American, that have asked for some space as well. So I think it's not not complicated and yet it requires
2: cultivated space.
1: And a groundedness, yeah.
0: Oh. yeah so this is uh one of the things that you do so i want to let people know that you have training and you have experiences in providing this space it's such a mm-hmm. valuable space
2: mm-hmm. i know uh,
0: in my own mental health journey to have that safe place where i can let my hair down mm-hmm. and realize people won't judge me for my struggle yeah and yeah. know that I'm not alone is just so powerful. It's such a gift that you can't learn from a book or attend a seminar to get. Yes. And there's something very relational about that. And mm-hmm. um, I, it also reminds me how Jesus' promise comes alive in a whole different way that he's present with us when two or three are gathered. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we acknowledge that presence.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So. We'll learn more about how um, spiritual direction and spiritual formation um, happens in the uh, process that you've um, designed and synthesized, uh, a paradigm, uh, four stages. So Mm -hmm. if you would introduce us four stages, we'll take a, a couple minutes to look at stage one. And a thought just came to me that over the course of our future episodes, perhaps you could be my companion and we'll actually... Go through these four stages, just give Mm. people a taste of what it looks like for me to walk through some of these stages with you so that people Mm -hmm. can experience. Okay, here's what Jen can help you with um, Mm. as an organization, as a church community, as a group of Mm -hmm. leaders. That'll be really, really valuable.
1: Yeah, I'd love to do that, DJ. Thank you. I think I really want to be careful when I use the word stages. I really struggled Mm. with. are there other words? Perhaps seasons might be another um, places in our faith journey, because it's in many ways cyclical, our journey with the Lord. It's less um, getting from stage one to stage four, but this willingness to be where we are and to believe that God's going to take us to where we need to go. Um, our formation process, which I said earlier, is about deepening our relationship with the Lord, is a journey. We are on pilgrimage <laughs> and we journey together. So there's this is this individual journey that we have to take. And yet there's this collective journey that we ha- We don't emphasize, I think, enough um, that we do together. And so the paradigm I've developed is more a descriptor of a process. That There's so many ways to describe our journey. but. Um, the first first season or the first stage of the paradigm is shaping. It really is like looking at what has shaped us to be who we are. Um, looking at our parental figures um, early on, adults, adult figures in our lives and what values did they give us? What things did we go through that were out of our control that we were just part, part of? Um, family dynamics, family of origin and stuff. Early faith stories, how did faith come in if we came to know Jesus early on? How was he shared with us? What were we taught about him? Um, How did we deal with challenges? What ways of coping did we come up with? Um, We've all been so deeply impacted by our early years. We learned about how emotions and pain were to be handled in our childhood. We learned how to survive. But now that we're adults, some of those ways of coping, they've served us long past its time. And I think we hear, you know, phrases like unmasking or coming out of hiding. These are all just more invitations to say, if we can find the spaces that are safe and as believers where we can begin to own our identity as beloved by God, Hmm. that we are more loved than we could ever imagine that we couldn't be more loved than we are right now. And yet there are so many things that keep us from experiencing the, the deep, deep love of God. Um, and so I think that looking into those shaping spaces, those shaping experiences. Um, yeah, it's really important. How did I come to believe God to be who he is? Where did that, where did those ideas come from? So, yeah. That's the first season um, or stage um, Mm -hmm. of our faith is looking at our shaping.
0: Okay, and go ahead and mention the other three. Oh
1: yeah, yeah.
0: And then we'll close out.
1: Okay, so the second season or shaping, after shaping is an undoing. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of a season of, seasons of darkness um, where we might Hmm. hit a wall where our questions exceed the answers and we can't rally ourselves in the way that we know how to or knew how to in the past um, and the third is the awakening as we move from the darkness into spaces where our soul is being awakened our spirits coming alive and we realize oh i don't have to live that way anymore um what are those awakening experiences in our lives And And the fourth is the remaking. Hmm. Where God is ever remaking. He is ever recreating us. He's ever, yeah, he's always doing something new and inviting us to something new. So Hmm. that fourth space is that, um, to look at how has God done that in our lives and how is he inviting us to more?
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you for... Uh, receiving such training, putting it into practice and helping people. And I know you have a heart for leaders, especially, Mm -hmm. uh, where it is um, very hard work and often lonely. And um, there's risks of burnout and harm that comes from people that don't get the self-care they need. And Mm -hmm. so you're providing something so, so, so valuable. So I'm so happy I can share a bit of what you do with our listening audience, and we'll continue this conversation in the weeks ahead. Now, uh, one last thought, um, how the, the question you um, mentioned earlier as you um, started this weekend experience was taking the time to ask that penetrating question, where am I?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it really brought me back to the Garden of Eden Mm. when Adam and Eve uh, committed the first sin. And Jesus, or God, asked that poignant question, penetrating question, where are you?
2: Mm.
0: And what an echo of how God wants to get our attention and reorient us on where Mm -hmm. are we. How does that connect with these four seasons, four stages? Mm -hmm. Or is it a whole different um, piece out of that? What's going on there?
1: You know, they say that the most important thing in navigation is knowing where you are.
0: Mm.
2: And I think that,
1: yeah, understanding our stories in a way that is in that very gracious and kind space that the Lord offers in his presence. I think will help us, will help set us free and help us um, live our faith out in a way that is inviting, that isn't religious, it's not um, bound by rules and Yeah, going back to boxy faith, I think that where are you? That question that was an invitation to Adam to come Mm -hmm. out of hiding. Mm -hmm. And I think often, depending, I think, on our maybe early adult figures, we might hear that as a punitive, like, where are you? Like as a mad parent, but I think God is just ever inviting us to come out of hiding, that he loves us and his love for us is really, truly real, as <laughs> compared to what we might have experienced in the world in our relationships with others. So I think it is it is where the question where am I? Where's my heart? What's the state of my soul? Um, when we look at the paradigm, I think it helps us understand how did I get here? And where, Mm -hmm. where am I? And then how did I get here? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And then the direction will be, where can we go?
1: Yes, absolutely. But I think we're so quick to like want to fix ourselves and want
0: to,
1: I just need to add another discipline. I just need to do more. I just need to, you know, work harder at my faith. I need to serve more. And I think, Mm -hmm. We just need some space, figure out where we are, and um, we'll get there. We will. He's. We're on a pilgrimage. He will be faithful to finish what he has started in all of us.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, what a gracious invitation. And so good to be starting this journey with you. And... Um, I think some people may be ready to reach out to you so how would they connect with you on the web or on social media if you would just mention your urls
1: yes so um my website is jen suenchen j-e-n-n-s-u-e-n-c-h-e-n dot com and you can find me there and connect with me easy and my yeah that's probably the easiest way to connect with me
0: great and we'll add a link in the show notes Perfect. and we'll continue this lively conversation on how to have a dynamic spiritual life resting in the love and grace of god because he is doing the work and we get that's right to come along for the ride
1: that's right thanks dj
0: thank you jen so good talking with you blessings blessings Thank you for listening to the Erasing Shame podcast. Check out the show notes at erasingshame.com and subscribe to our email for updates. We would love to hear from you, so please add your comments at our website or on social. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcast app, and you can also subscribe on YouTube or follow on Facebook. Please add a rating and review so we can reach more people with our message of health, hope, and compassion. This podcast is the digital outreach of Christian
2: Asia Mental Health.